Welcome everyone to Greencast. This is a podcast that brings practicality to being sustainable. Presented to you by the Waukesha County Green Team. Your hosts are myself, Alec Lapoitevin. And me, Laura Lauks. Welcome everybody. We have another bonus episode for you today from the Spanish students at Oconomowoc High School. They're going to be talking to you about sustainable development goal number 14, life below seas. They talked to a really cool wildlife biologist and learned about a lot of the environmental implications of the oceans and everything related to that. So I hope you enjoy this episode and learn a lot. Um, Just to remember, the first half of this episode is completely in Spanish, and then they switch into English translation for you halfway through. So Listen to the first half if you want to practice your Spanish there, and then listen to the second half to find out how much you got correct. <laughs> Enjoy the episode. Bienvenidos a nuestro podcast en este mini serie de español. Hola, me llamo Ella. Y me llamo Emma. Hoy nosotros hablamos sobre el tema de objetivo de desarrollo sostenible global. Número 14. Este objetivo es proteger la vida del océano. Me llamo Jenna y nosotros tuvimos una oportunidad increíble de hablar con Michelle Pico. Señora Pico es la directora para la Conservación Marina en National Fish and Wildlife Foundation, o NIFWIF. NIFWIF es una organización que es responsable de proteger y restrear hábitats marinos y costales y vida salvaje. Sí. Y nosotros hablamos con la señora Pico sobre cómo se interesó en la biología marina. Ellos nos dijeron que se interesó por la biología marina en una clase en la Universidad de Wisconsin, River Falls. La señora Pico explicó los lugares que estudió, por ejemplo, en Hawaii, donde estudiaba al Nefue. Ella tuvo la oportunidad de trabajar en el conservaciones de los delfines, ballenas y los arrecifes de coral. Señora Pico habló sobre los muchos problemas ambientales que a veces pueden ser abrumadores. Para en resumen, los mayores problemas serían los humanos y el cambio climático en relación con el cambio climático, cuanto más consumimos calles y casas, más impacto grande tenemos. El suelo filtra los contaminantes, la vegetación retiene el sedimento de la erosión. Al crear una calle, el agua ya no se filtra. Yo estoy de acuerdo también, pero entonces para el cambio climático. También estamos perdiendo nuestras áreas pristinas, pero el calamiento de las temperaturas también está afectando a estos lugares con más enfermedades, el blanqueamiento de corales, el aumento de la intensidad de los tormentas, etc. Necesitamos reducir nuestros impactos y ayudar a estos sistemas y la vida salvaje a liderar con los problemas que enfrentan con el cambio climático. 
El enfoque principal de los proyectos de la señora Pico depende del lugar y el problema. Principalmente, señora Pico dijo que están trabajando para reducir el impacto humano en los hábitats y la vida silvestre. Un ejemplo es usar equipo más seguro para pescar. Con el equipo más seguro animales en peligro no quedarían atrapados en las redes de pesca. También ella está trabajando para reubicar a los animales a lugares más seguros o rehabilitarlos. Un ejemplo de esta rehabilitación son los viveros de corales para repoblar una zona que ha sufrido una enfermedad o bloqueo. Creo que la gente a menudo olvida sobre lo frágiles que son los orificios de coral y cuánto están dañados. Le preguntamos en qué parte del océano deberíamos enfocarnos. Señor Pico dije que no hay solo una cosa porque muchos pueblos necesitan ayuda. La muerte de arrecifes de coral es un problema grande. Tendrá gran impacto en la vida marina y humana. El problema es el contamiento de los océanos y más polución. Esto hace que todos mueran. El Congreso de Estados Unidos ha comenzado a invertir en programas para ayudar a salvar los arrefes de coral. Otro gran problema es que muchas de las canchas son concechadas para los turistas. Las canchas están tomadas de las regiones en el océano que no tienen muchas regulaciones. La cosecha de las canchas es muy mala para el hábitat y a veces es ilegal. Es importante que nosotros seamos consumidores inteligentes. Otra forma de proteger los océanos y la tierra en general son los cuatro Rs. Rechazar, reutilizar, reducir y reciclar. Todas las cosas que nosotros compramos tienen un impacto en el mundo. No es información nueva que la polución daña el océano. La mayoría de la gente piensa que el plástico es un gran contaminante porque el plástico es visible. El contaminante más peligroso es el nitrógeno. Ha subido mucho en las últimas dos décadas. También el nitrógeno es muy extendido. Sí. El animal más afectado por la contaminación oceánica es la orca en el Pacífico Noreste. Esto es porque ellos ocupan el primer lugar de la cadena alimenticia. Los peces pequeños viven en los ríos contaminados. Cuando los peces grandes comen peces pequeños, ellos guardan los contaminantes en las grasas. Sí, y las orcas comen los peces grandes y las orcas guardan los contaminantes en la grasa también. Esto es un problema porque las orcas no tienen mucha comida y necesitan usar la energía de la grasa. 
y las toxinas en la grasa suelten al sistema inmunológico. Esto crea un problema más grande porque cuando las madres alimentan a sus bebés, la leche está hecha de la grasa y las toxinas. La tasa de sobrevivencia es más alta en los segundos bebés en comparación con los primeros bebés porque las toxinas ya pasaron al primer bebé. Es muy triste y finalmente un consejo que nos dio señora Pico es que seamos más conscientes de lo que compramos. Ella dice que tomamos decisiones todos los días y todas tienen un impacto. Ya sea una botella de agua desechable o reutilizable o el tipo de coche que compramos. Es importante vernos a nosotros mismos como parte de una comunidad humana y ambiental y dejar que ese conocimiento guíe nuestras decisiones. Gracias por escuchar el podcast en la miniserie de español. Adiós. Hi, I'm Emma, and welcome to the English version of our podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the 14th Sustainable Development Goal, Protecting Life Below Water. And I'm Jenna, and we had the amazing opportunity to talk to Michelle Pico. She's the Director of Marine Conservation at the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation, or NIFWIF. NIFWIF is an organization created in 1984 and is working to protect and restore marine and coastal habitats and wildlife. And my name's Ella, and we really did have that amazing opportunity to talk with Michelle Pico. When we were talking with Mrs. Pico about how she grew interest in biology, she explained how she wasn't sure what she wanted to do when she entered college, but when she was taking a biology class at the University of Wisconsin, River Falls, she was introduced to cuttlefish and all of the amazing ocean creatures. Um, from there, she had the opportunity to study in Hawaii and Australia, Mrs. Pico said that she quickly realized that science and research of marine biology was not enough for her. She came to love it, but she wanted to do something to, that would actually help the ecosystem. Um, that's when she found NIFWIF, where she had the opportunity to work with dolphins, whales, and coral reef projects and conservations. Yeah, I think it would be so much fun to work with dolphins. As we know, NIFWIF is meant to provide help, restoration, and to conserve wildlife. Since it has this big focus on solving these huge issues, we asked Mrs. Pico which environmental issues were the most current in our oceans. She emphasized how there are so many environmental issues that sometimes they can seem overwhelming. But if they had to be summed up to the biggest issues, it would be humans and climate change. Definitely. Starting with climate change, the more we put down roads and homes, create trash and all of those things, the more impact that we have on the ecosystems in our world. Soil filters, pollutants, um, vegetation holds sediment from erosion, and we put a parking lot down and the water no longer gets filtered. But, for but then for climate change, we are losing our pristine areas as well. The warmer temperatures are impacting these places, adding more disease, coral bleaching, increased storm intensity, um, she really highlighted the need to reduce our impacts even more to help these ecosystems and the wildlife deal with these problems um, that are facing this big climate change. 
Yeah, and so now Miss Pico works on a variety of projects, and the main focus of her projects are on a place-to-place and an issue-to-issue bias. So it's very much based on what is needed from her and her team at the moment to get the solution rolling out fast and efficiently. So nothing, nothing more is damaged. Mainly, she says that they're trying to reduce human impact so habitats and wildlife can recover from loss. One example would be trying to find safer gear that will allow people to fish without threatening endangered whales. And these endangered whales are getting tangled in the nets that they're working with. So she's working on relocating animals to safer places or rehabilitating them. Um, Another example is coral nurseries, which are to repopulate an area that was struck by disease of bleaching of an event. And with all these issues, we were really curious on which part of the ocean we should protect the most. Um, It was a really tough question for Mrs. Pico to answer. She made it obvious that there wasn't one thing that we should be focused on, but that the environmental issues were just so overwhelming. Um, She said that if she absolutely had to choose, she would say coral reefs would be the first place to start. She said that the loss of coral reefs will have the greatest impact on both marine life and human life. The issue is that the ocean is warming and they're becoming an increase in pollution. The coral reefs are then unable to move in order to avoid these disasters because, you know, coral reefs are kind of all in one place. Um, And this is causing a large-scale die-off of all the coral. The U.S. Congress has recently realized that we need to spend more money to save the coral reefs and that we could save lots of money during coastal storm pickup season. But the coral reefs help break the ocean, or sorry, the coral reefs help to break up the waves offshore, providing this protection from the storm surge. It also increases retention of floodwaters. The U.S. Congress has started to actually invest in programs through NIFWIF in order to help these programs, which is a really good start. Yeah, and lots of the shells in perfect species, such as sand dollars, are harvested for tourists. They are taken from the area of the ocean that are not heavily regulated, so there's not a lot of laws to protect um, these species of um, shells and organisms. They're harvested in a damaging way to the habitat or harvested illegally because then again, there might be some laws regulating it, but there are also some areas that aren't regulated. And so it's important that we are being smart consumers so another way to protect the ocean and in general our earth and in general for our earth is using the four R's, which is refuse, reuse, reduce, and recycle. So essentially you be careful of like what you're purchasing, just be conscientious of it. And then maybe reuse some items that, you know, could still be able to be used. And then maybe reduce your consumption of certain objects and then Recycle, obviously, is to um, turn something old into something new. And so these obviously aren't new to us, but people often forget to apply them in their lives. So everything we buy has an impact on this world. And fixing something after it's broken or rebuying it is a way to lower the impact. Yeah, and Miss Pico is right. And often people in general or tourists, they don't often think about where these where these shells or species are coming for coming from when they buy them so the damaging or illegal harvests are just one of the ways humans are harming harming the ocean and it's not new knowledge that pollution is harming the ocean in countless ways talking with miss pico she went into why most people think 
the largest pollu- pollutant is plastic. She, sa- she simply said it was because you can easily see it. You can, point out at a so- you can point at a soda bottle in the ocean or a plastic bag and easily know that it's polluting the area. Miss Pico stressed, well, plastic is a large pollutant, and most, the most pollutant with a negative impact is actually nitrogen. Nitrogen impacts every single organism in the ocean. It has increased so much in the last two decades and is the most widespread pollutant because it does not have heavy regulation. It's so scary to think about. I believe Miss Pico mentioned it's something with the government was trying to get a better hold of more regulation, but it's going to take some time. Yeah, it definitely is going to take a little more time than I think people understand, which is why we need to focus on our individual impact. Mrs. Pico, she made a point of telling every, or she made a point to say that every organism in the ocean was impacted by this nitrogen pollution. Um, If she had to choose, she would say that the animal that was most affected by this ocean pollution would be the southern resident killer whale, um, which is in the Pacific Northwest. This has to do with the fact that they're one of the top predators in the food chain. So little fish further down the food chain that live in these rivers and these highly polluted waters um, from runoff, these fish are eaten by the bigger fish. The bigger fish are stored those pollutants in their fat. um, And it kind of just continues down the train or down the chain. Yeah, so those bigger fish are then eaten by the south resident killer whale. And so they end up also storing the energy that they got or the food that they got from the bigger fish in their fat and then this becomes a problem when the fish population runs out and the whales have to start using their fat reserve for more energy so those toxins in their immune system those toxins are then released into their immune system and this also becomes an issue because when moms are milking their baby whales the the milk comes from the fat in from their fat reserve. So the success rate of the second and third time mothers is much higher because many of the toxins were already fed to their firstborn babies. Yeah, that is kind of really sad. But um, before talking to Mrs. Pico, I had no idea that there was an issue or that whales were affected on such a huge level by pollutants. So she really did bring light to the issue and the facts that um, us three really didn't know existed. And I'm sure many of you didn't understand that. But um, it's very important that we do our best to stay aware and to listen to people like Mrs. Pico who are trying to save our oceans. Mm -hmm. I think that before talking with Mrs. Pico, we didn't have a full understanding on how much deeper the importance of protecting our oceans and the organisms that live in the oceans really was. Nifwith is really taking on such a huge problem that is composed of thousands of smaller problems. Um, and it kind of seems impossible to save our oceans with all of these problems, yet that's their goal. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, and it's it's a really hard task. And the solutions to save the oceans really don't work if humans don't listen to organizations like NIFWIF or people like Ms. Pico and her teams who are trying to work so hard to solve all these. So the problems won't be fixed without without everyone helping and being aware of the consequences and the impact that we're making. And a piece of advice that Ms. Pico gave to us is to be just to be more self-aware. She says that every day we make choices from whether we are using a disposable water bottle or a reusable one, or the type of car that we buy, that we have to see ourselves as part of a human and environmental community and let that knowledge guide us to our decisions. 
We really did have an amazing time talking with Mrs. Pico about the 14th Sustainable Development Goal, which is, again, protecting life below water. And we have really actually learned so much, and we hope that you guys are listening. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to check out Greencast on Facebook, where we post the most up-to-date information, release episodes, provide a lot more resources about things you've heard on the show, and have conversations about episodes and sustainability in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and beyond. Also, if you're interested in the Waukesha County Green Team, please check out our website and Facebook page and come to one of our board meetings. They're always open to the public. Greencast is produced through the Waukesha County Green Team by Alec Lapoitovin and Laura Laux, with help from Stacey Balsley. Our theme music is by Dan Krill and Emma Kopel. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sustainability starts with all of us.